This is recording number 11021 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, November 18, 2012. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Thanksgiving A Way of Life. Starlene, uh, our worship leader, asked me a question the other day. She said, well, so, uh, it was something on this order. I, I, I don't, you know, don't want to misquote her, but I can't remember exactly what she said, so here we go. But it was something like, you know, what do you think about holidays? And she, she was mentioning, I, I think we kind of need to reimagine them or, or, or do something to kind of rethink these things. And I, I understood exactly what she meant, and, and uh, maybe... Um, Maybe it sounds to you at first glance as though that would be kind of heretical that we, you know, these things are so, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, New Year's, uh, Easter, these, these, you know, Fourth of July, these holidays are so sacrosanct in a way. And, um, you know, I, look, I appreciate and value uh, the holiday season as much as anybody else. I love to be with my family and, and uh, you know, s- just celebrate hanging out and particularly Christmas, the be able to uh, honor God for sending Christ to redeem me. Easter, to be able to thank Jesus for going to the cross and not staying there, for rising from the dead. I mean, that's all, praise God, hallelujah. I'm thankful for those things. But I, I have to be honest with you, you know, as a pastor, you know, there's only so many Thanksgiving services you can, or Thanksgiving messages you can <laughs> preach, right? I've been doing this for you know, 30 years, and, and your rep, you know, like the temptation is the reperta- your, your repertoire is, is getting thin, you know, you're coming to, um, so I know what it means to kind of, oh, you know, oh my, here it comes again, Thanksgiving, or, you know, the Christmas service or whatever. Now, don't get me wrong, though. Every time I start to feel that way, uh, especially about the you know, for me, the big three, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, where there's really spiritual significance to it. I always, always, every time, when I, when I, even when I start to have that thing, oh man, what will I say now? Or what, 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 what new can we find in this book to, you know, to talk about Thanksgiving? You know, the Lord always meets me because, listen, He, His, uh, what He wants to, uh, dispense to us of his loving grace is is uh, without limit you can't exhaust it the depth of his love and grace well we will be exploring throughout eternity let alone for however long you and I uh, are on this earth so as we come today to uh, the uh, book of Philippians and chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 these are verses I have read countless times these are verses I have preached from countless times and yet as I approached today and thinking about you know this the week ahead of us when we're going to be going to various places and having you know times of of celebrating with family over over the Thanksgiving dinner um, I felt like the Lord once again drilled down to a, a deeper place for me out of these verses. And I want to ask you to join with me 
on that journey. So let me pray just a moment. Father, I pray that as we open this, open your word and, and uh, take a look at these verses, which for many of us are so familiar, that you would, in fact, and indeed, open it to us as though it were the, the first time we ever saw it. And that, Lord, you would speak to us of things that uh, are life-changing and that the substantive work of your spirit among us today will be so, so deep and so rich that we will be changed by it. In Christ's name, amen. So here we go. We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving as a way of life. You know, it's almost a cliche, but it's probably worth saying that there's a, a valuable way of rephrasing this holiday. Instead of calling it Thanksgiving, it's probably more appropriate to say Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, I want to be a person who my whole life is about thanking the God who has done so much for me. Would you say amen to that or could you say amen to that? I mean, I want every day. I don't want turkey every day, although I probably look like I, I do, but um, I want every day to be thanksgiving for me. I want my heart to be extended toward God with gratitude, not just uh, you know, on, on a one day a year, but every single day. And I want the way that I live, what I say, the expression on my face, the things I give my life toward, I want them to be... Ex uh, demonstrative of a heart of gratitude. I want to live in gratitude to God. Yesterday, uh, Sue and I attended a memorial service for uh, a dear friend of ours. We, we talked a little bit about his passing last week. Just before we started the service, we got the news that he had died of a heart attack. So I won't, I won't uh, give you those details. But uh, large service, people from all over the world there, um, uh, and it was it was very, uh, I suppose, very. I don't mean I suppose it was for me and for probably all of us, a uh, very healing and and uh, you know just great to to be in the presence of the Lord and to and to worship God in a very uh, what could have been a very. Uh, sorrow-filled, grief-filled occasion. We weren't in denial of our sorrow. We weren't in denial of our grief, but we were exalting the king who was over all that and the one who is so far above everything uh, that assaults us that we can always, always thank him. And so we did. But one of the things that... Um, was mentioned through the course of the service yesterday was something that our friend Don Gilman used to like to say and again I'm not going to quote him exactly because uh, you know he would rephrase it from time to time too but he would like to say and I guess I need to preface this by by saying to you that um, this may seem I don't want to take the edge off of it because that's the point. He, he meant to say this to get a reaction from us. My friend Don would say this to get a reaction from people. And I want you to have that reaction today. So I, want, I don't want to take the edge off it. But I do want to preface it by saying what is communicated in this question that he would often ask 
is not the whole story. There's more to it. But it's worth considering this question for what it does, how it gets your soul. He would say, often he would say, is the life you're living, the life you're living, is the life you're living worth the price that God paid for it? Because the Bible says that you and I who know Christ as Savior, we've been bought with a price. That price was the Son of God, the life of Jesus. Now there's more to that, right? None of us, we, we don't earn the favor of God, but it's worth considering. Are the priorities of my life, the things that I do, the things I, I give myself to, is that a life pleasing to God? I don't know how you would answer that question. I know every time I've, I've heard it or heard him say it, it gripped me and I've had to recalculate. I've re had to recalibrate, reset my compass to true north again because it's so easy to drift off. But one of the things I know I want my life to be about is gratitude to God. I want to live in thanksgiving. I don't want to be a complainer, a whiner. <laughs> Not only because... I really truly have nothing to complain or whine about but because there's nothing valuable that comes from that, right? So let's talk about that just a little bit from these verses. Chapter 4, Philippians, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's consider the first phrase in these two verses. Be anxious for nothing. That's a pretty all-encompassing word. Nothing. Be anxious for no thing. What are you anxious about today? Whatever it is, that says, be anxious for no thing, nothing. Let's acknowledge that life is full of potential anxieties. Sue and I got word this week about, you know, something that they've seen on her, you know, that she's been uh, cancer-free for, she should be dead. Uh, she should have been dead about three and a half years ago. She's been uh, healthy, cancer-free for, you know, for over four years now. But we got some word about a, you know, a suspect thing that they noticed on her most recent scan. There's a potential there for anxiety. At a huge temptation for us that we mightily struggled against this week when we got that news. But God gave us breakthrough on that because he has said to us, There's, be anxious for nothing. He said, how many of you by worrying about it can grow, you know, can cause your stature to be higher than it is? Well, I had a friend of mine recently who had back surgery and now she's two inches taller than she was. But aside from that, what can you do? What, what will anxiety produce? Nothing. Nothing good. So the Lord says, be anxious for nothing. We do have an option and that is to trust. In the face of anxiety, in the face of fear, we choose to trust with gratitude 
gratitude that the one who has saved me is not going to abandon me. The Bible says if, Jesus, if God did not spare his own son, will he, will he not with him freely give us all things? We can't trust him. The second phrase we encounter in this passage that I want us to consider today. Be anxious for nothing and then let your requests be made known. Listen, when we got the report from the doctor this week, the first thing we did was go to God and say, God, we're not happy about this. Can I say we didn't go to God and say, Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for this good news. We did not. We went to the Lord kicking and screaming. God, we don't like this. This bugs us. But. And what comes on the other side of that but is the, is the difference maker. God has invited us to make our requests known to him. He's not invited us to just sit in silence and stew. But to bring our, our, our uh, internal uh, conflicts and challenges to him. And then leave them there on the other side of that word but where we say but you are able. Be anxious for nothing. Look we all need God's help. Uh, I'm sorry. Let your request be made known to God. We all need God's help. Let's come to him. And when we do we are inviting him to take these concerns and for him to bear them up. The Bible describes Jesus as the, our God. As the burden bearer. Then it says. Let your requests be made known with thanksgiving. This is the heart of what we're talking about today. We bring our concerns, our cares to God with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, give thanks. In, now that's, that's an important preposition right there. In everything. Not for everything. Not because of everything. But in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever asked the Lord, What is your will for me? Anybody? What is your will? Okay, you're not raising your hands because you know what's coming next. God, what is your will about buying this house? God, what is your will about, you know, the, the job uh, offer? God, what is your will about, you know, this and that? Look, this is what it comes down to. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you in everything... Give thanks. Now, that's not in the Bible uh, so that we will kiss up to God. We don't have an insecure God. <clears throat> Neither is it uh, so that we can live in denial or that we will live in denial of the, of the challenges we face. God is not asking us to do that. He's not asking us to thank him for stuff that's not from him. If the circumstances that confront you, that are, the that are challenging your life, if they're not from God, it's a perversion to thank him for them. 
Oh, well, I guess it's the will of God, and thank you, Jesus, that I lost my job. No, that, 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 that's not what this is about. In, not for, in everything, give thanks. So even when the things um, that confront us, that challenge our, our ability to be grateful to God, even if those things are not from Him, we can be thankful because He is still at work in the midst of those things. Even when the adversary chucks a great big hunk of hell at you, God is still on the scene, is He not? He's still bigger than that. And that, he remains worthy of our praise. And my gratitude, listen, my gratitude, my worship of God is the only thing I have to offer him. The only thing. He doesn't need my money. He doesn't need my time. He doesn't need my wisdom. He doesn't need anything, but the one thing that I have to offer him is my gratitude. And when I do, it changes the soundtrack of my life. No longer am I, you know, uh, Joe victim. The Bible says that we are not victims. We are more than conquerors, not because we say so. We are more than conquerors. Because of him. Through Jesus Christ our Lord it says. So it changes the soundtrack of my life. When I offer to God thanksgiving and praise. And it is an act of defiance. Against the devil. And an expression of my faith in God. Think about this. You, you look. I mean you know this instinctively. But let me just remind you. You have there is at work in this world an enemy of your soul. He, he, <laughs> he hates you. He hates you. And he hates everything that God is doing in your life. And so he will exploit every opportunity to try to diminish your trust in, in God. To, to erode the fabric of the vitality of his working in your life. He will do anything he can to do that. But when I just do this simple thing of turning my face away from the thing that is that he wants me to focus, the enemy wants me to focus on, I turn my face towards heaven. And I say, in the midst of this, God, I thank you. It is a profound act of defiance. A, Sue told me the other day, you know, we got, she came, literally came out of the conversation with her doctor and went in to teach a Bible study at work where people who, you know, Doctors and other administrative staff at the clinic where she works were in attendance and they went after it in the name of Jesus, opening God's word at Kaiser Permanente. And she got on the phone with me afterwards and she said, you know, the Lord spoke to me that I was stamping, I was stamping on the enemy's attempts to undermine God's work in my life. The act of gratitude is powerful. 
against our enemy and robs him of everything that he's attempting to do. It strips it completely from his hands. That's why it's so powerful. And it puts in God's hands something that he can multiply. And that's where we come to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is beyond comprehension. It says it's, 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 it can't be understood. You know, if, if you have, you know, you've just won the lottery, you got a million bucks in the bank, you've, you quit your job, walked out of there, said, I'm set for life, bought that place by by the lake. You're parked out there on the hammock and all is good. Well, I can understand if you said to me, I'm at peace. See, I can understand that. Million bucks uh, plus home by the lake plus hammock equals peace. Right? I can understand that. That's, a, that's an equation I can comprehend. When you're in the midst of the fire... And nothing seems to make sense. And that peace of God comes in there and secures your soul. That's something else. And that's what we need. 